Policy Research Associates is committed to the well-being and wellness of individuals with behavioral health conditions. To help spread information about the importance of the eight dimensions of wellness and recovery, we created a podcast series to address each pillar of wellness. This podcast features Allie Middleton, founder and principal of Integrative Leadership Practices. Allie is a leadership development coach and organizational team consultant facilitating innovative body-mind practices. In this discussion, she talks with two individuals, licensed professional counselor associate Missy Stansel, the regional director for CareNet Counseling Central Region, and Dr. Jana Spaulding of Set Up for Success LLC about the value of intellectual wellness in recovery and overall well-being. The three talk about a hero's journey, a universal storytelling approach, and how it can be used to empower individuals with behavioral health conditions. To learn more about PRA's work on well-being and wellness, contact us at wellbeing at prainc.com. Hi, my name is Allie Middleton, and today we're going to be talking about intellectual wellness. I have two guests with me, Missy Stansel and Jana Spaulding. It's really a pleasure and privilege to be able to share what we've learned together with you. We hope you're all doing really well as we begin our journey to make some connections between learning new ideas and insights of wisdom and how we might begin living healthier lives together. Intellectual wellness is all about recognizing our creative abilities and finding ways to expand our knowledge and skills. This dimension has much to do with selecting positive choices over harmful habits, and it helps support the other dimensions of wellness. Intellectual wellness involves continuous learning, finding ways to blend an open mind of curiosity, an open heart filled with compassion, the ability to act with courage and confidence no matter what is going on around you. And it's also about having fun as you meet mental challenges and perhaps substance use issues on your path to recovery. Having productive fun together is one of the things I say that really helps me contribute to the work that I do out in the world, creating wellness programs, and that if people, as they learn to collaborate, aren't having productive fun, then it seems like it might not be an effective enterprise. So learning about intellectual wellness, as you know, helps us bring work and play together. And so as we make these good choices and learn from the folks that are on the podcast today, we can also get on the hero's journey so that we can create satisfying lives for ourselves and others. Our hope today is that you'll not only develop an understanding of intellectual wellness and how it influences the other dimensions of wellness, but that you'll identify activities and practices for yourself that will increase your own intellectual wellness. For this, we're going to talk about the many ways in which personal recovery stories and personal recovery journeys are part of the path of a hero's journey. The idea of a hero's journey is a universal storytelling approach that was inspired by Joseph Campbell and his book, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. He takes insights from modern psychology and comparative mythology to create a universal and transformative roadmap that's used for universal healing. And it's used across the world, not only in our behavioral health system, but also in many other traditions as well. This hero's journey's myth involves a hero who goes out on an adventure and in a decisive crisis wins a victory. And then this hero comes home changed or transformed. 
Joseph Campbell has suggested that life is a hero's journey. This is what you'll hear from Jana and Missy later on the podcast. After this podcast and the stories and lived experiences that you'll hear about intellectual wellness, your brain might spark in an exciting new way, encouraging you to explore some new roles to try on in the many dimensions of wellness, perhaps starting with the adventure of ongoing intellectual wellness, this learning adventure. We invite you to be inspired by the stories, the activities, and practices that are shared so that you too can begin to connect with yourself and others to become a healthier you. And now we get to hear from two special friends of mine who will share their personal intellectual wellness stories, Missy Stansel and Janice Spalding. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having me. I am delighted to be here. It's great to be here today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm going to first start off by asking you, Missy, a question about the role of intellectual wellness in your life. First off, welcome. It's so good to have you here. Thank you, Allie. It's good to be here. What new awareness did you land on as you discovered your own intellectual wellness practices? I now try to respond rather than react, appreciate things as awesome and amazing. I harnessed my schedule with time management techniques and learned to say no. The very important word that can be incredibly um, freedom giving, learning to say no, as well as thank you. In my community work, I've deepened my study of the foundations of public health, the social determinants of health, and in difficult decisions, I have stretched to actively listen more deeply, to collaborate more with my clients, my team, my community members. In my work specifically with LGBTQ communities, I express myself and identify more openly. I've learned and practiced trauma-informed care techniques and begun to see life as an invitation to respond rather than react, as John Kabat-Zinn in his mindfulness work advocates. And I don't suffer from feeling invisible anymore. So even though I feel, uh, have the feelings of being fragile, as I think many of us do, and I do sense despair sometimes, as I think all of us do, I do not identify with those feelings alone. I've learned the practice of holding both from mindfulness. I feel appreciative that I can feel both myself as well as witness what's going on around me too. Somehow I used to see these states or mood habits as collateral damage, yet now I bring them in as positive allies to remind me to be humble. Is intellectual awareness and wellness all about that anyway? I love, Missy, that you are reminded over and over again of what you learned and how you apply it in your daily life. So this emotional self-regulation is something I hear very deeply embedded in the way that you practice intellectual wellness. Thank you so much. Thank you, Allie. I find that the ability to hold multiple aspects of self as internal and external at the same time without feeling compelled to reconcile them, compelled to judge them, really does open up an additional just brain space, really, um, to make decisions, um, to hopefully move forward with a lot of intentionality and intellectual wellness. Yes, this ability to integrate and to move 
away from those old default patterns and to choose consciously. This is so great. So if you think about some others who are considering vocational aspirations, what might you offer? What might you think about if someone were asking you about a new volunteer job or if they're moving, perhaps wanting to move into the vocational field? What can you say that might help them from the perspective of intellectual wellness and curiosity? I love this question. I have this conversation a lot, actually, with my clients when they reach a place of wanting to give to their community in a certain way. Uh, For me, as I grew professionally on my hero's journey, there are many turns and directions. Um, There have been many turns and directions in my journey. I'm sure there will be more, but they are somehow beginning to come full circle. So thus far, this is what I can report. Very early in my professional career, I was very fortunate to be mentored by individuals who encouraged and demonstrated the importance of connecting with and supporting professional organizations, as well as ongoing training and research. This commitment has followed me through several disciplines, including the creative arts, entertainment, higher education and development, and now in my role in mental health and population health. In my personal and professional transition from development to behavioral health, my lack of self-care became very apparent, actually very quickly, as did its negative impact on my work. As with most of the challenges I've experienced in life, I chose to gather information. This led to a fascination with creative self-care based on the work of Natalie Rogers, as well as the work of Dan Siegel and Louis Cozzolino and how they apply neurobiology to counseling. This fascination has led to a foundation of utilizing a whole body approach to gathering information when faced with a challenge. Not only do I seek information from my mind, my brain, but also with my entire body, the senses, intuition, as well as spirit. This approach to learning and counseling led me to pursue a clinical residency in psychotherapy and spirituality from Wake Forest Baptist Health. Well, that's very, very inspiring to listen to, Missy. And, you know, as I'm hearing you reference your experiences of emotional wellness, occupational wellness, spiritual wellness, and creating the conditions for flourishing. And so these suggestions for establishing functional well-being that you just described are like creating wellness strategies at the ground level from the inside out. And they're very practical ways to just start helping to develop the healthy habits that actually sustain and motivate this positive and potentially long-term impact toward population health, just like you said. So it sounds like you've learned to cope effectively with life's natural ups and downs and to create satisfying relationships, but more importantly, deepening the connection and capacity as you move on your journey and help others move on their journey too. Well, thank you, Allie. I try. I think the key is to keep trying. Um, There are times that I think I do it quite well and other times that I do not. And I learn from the times that I do it well and then when I don't do it well. I keep finding over and over again when I choose to look for it, extraordinary goodness and affirmations of hope in my work. I encourage people to find different models to follow. One is going to resonate with you, if not more than one. You know yourself best, so find what works for you. Know that with motivation and taking small steps, you can endure and accomplish anything. 
Wow. Thank you so much for this wonderful sharing, Missy. Now, Jana, thank you, too, for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So, Jana, to get us started, can you please tell us what are your thoughts on intellectual wellness and the hero's journey? Absolutely. When it comes to understanding intellectual wellness, I'm reminded of light. It reminds me of this quote I came across and really, really love. Even light knows how to dance and bend the rules. Why can't I? And so learning about how nature really is, not how I think it is, frees me from unnecessary limitations to creativity and new ways of being. Wow. This idea that you're offering up is something so special. Tell us how you became a better, healthier you. For me, acceptance is really at the heart of my intellectual wellness. It's really about this deep connection to ourselves, to others, and to nature. And if we think about it, most of us in recovery are really trying the best we can. But sometimes our efforts are scattered and not productive. I remember for a long time that I paid attention and focused on things that, well, I don't know how else to say it, things that didn't matter. And it's not that other people's issues or other people's opinions don't matter, but I had not developed an acceptance of what is important to me and what matters to me. So it was very easy to be distracted by the latest thing or um, a strongly held opinion or a well-turned verse. And I would find myself moving in different directions and not really getting anywhere. We, we think, we feel, we, we dream, we imagine, we act or we react And it all comes out in a behavior, and especially if we're not grounded and if we're not really clear on what's important and what matters, our behavior may be good or our behavior may not be so good. Ah, yes. What can make a difference to stay on that path of intellectual wellness? What are the choices? Well, like I said, for me, acceptance had a lot to do with it. Let's say that I decide that this is my path. Um, Maybe it's not a glorious path. Maybe it's not a glamorous path. Maybe it's not a popular path. But if I accept that this is my path, then I can confidently go down it. Acceptance is being okay with who you are, regardless of what else may be going on around you in the world. Our intellects mediate all of these based on what we've learned and on what and how we wish to be. The wisdom of the intellect is impacted by mental challenges and substance use. And so a significant part for me of my recovery had to do with uh, working so that my intellect was back on track. For me, intellect is to recovery like oxygen is to air, like wetness is to water. Without intellectual wellness, for me, there's no value added in recovery. 
Resiliency or the ability to bounce back after setbacks requires continuous learning, explorations, and adaptation. And just like an athlete who injures herself and gets back up has to give time to the tissue to heal again, when we're injured mentally, our brain needs needs time to recover. This is illustrated in the hero's journey because we fall off the path or we are probably in a combat situation or a conflict situation with an enemy and we find that we need to work to get back on the path. So true learning, which for me was very difficult. I remember one of the signs that made me aware how much help I really needed was when I was not able to read and concentrate. I had all my life gotten great joy out of learning and reading just for learning's sake. And I found myself so unable to concentrate that I couldn't read a newspaper article. And that was very distressing to me. Um, I feel that the ability to exercise brain muscle is a significant and important part of my recovery. And I can measure my recovery by the clarity of my thinking, by my ability to focus and to concentrate. Uh, True learning is always reflected in change. And so in that sense, we work on our intellectual wellness when we apply practically those things that we've learned. Well-being is something that we can experience as individuals and our communities can experience together when we have promised each other to care for ourselves and for each other and then practice wellness in all its dimensions together as much as possible. Thank you, Jana. Your story that demonstrates how you've adapted to your lived experience of getting on and off the path of wellness and well-being really is a very instructive story for our listeners, I'm sure. And I'm wondering whether or not you could elaborate just a little bit about this concept of right size. You, you talked about your pleasure of reading and learning for learning's sake, which is one of the foundational elements of intellectual wellness, being curious. And when something gets in the way of a former pleasure, what new identities have you been able to cultivate that has enhanced your sense of wellness at a variety of levels. Could you share a little bit more? Sure. Even though we're talking about intellectual wellness, there is an immediate effect that I feel when I exercise, and it doesn't really matter what kind of exercise it is. And I think it goes beyond that whole endorphins, you know, I have a little bit more energy, I feel better. Um, And what I'm referring to is I think that my thinking is actually clearer. I am able to take that inward step back and see a little bit more, have a little bit more perspective, hold different ideas um, like Missy referred to, uh, think 
be aware of what I am feeling and thinking and also take in what's happening around me. Um, there is a, an ability for more space that opens up for thinking when the body is also active and engaged. Um, the other thing I thought I'd share, Ali, is that if I don't learn, if I only stay within my head, within my thinking, I wilt. I dry up inside. I need stimulating conversation. I need to read great literature. I need to work on solving problems. Um, they're nourishment to me, like art and dance and cooking. And so creating a lifestyle and being able to flow with changes that include all the dimensions of wellness and remembering which ones make me feel the best is what I do every day. Yes. But I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners, what's the one thing that challenged you the most? I had to learn to be disciplined. So trusting that I can live a full life in recovery on, on a long-term basis, that I have the capacity to stay the course. Um, you know, I read that FOCUS stands for Following on Course Until Success. So have you achieved success? If yes, then it's okay to move on. If no, then keep following until you do. So just because we're talking intellectual wellness doesn't mean it has to be difficult. Beautiful, beautiful sharing, Jana. So I'm just going to come to a close here for this part of the podcast. So thank you, thank you for such great insight and also the great practical steps. And now, Missy, I just wanted to see whether or not there's any other practical tips of inspiration that you'd like to share with our learners. Thank you, Allie. Yes, actually, I do have just a few things to share as I was learning alongside um, you as I was listening to um, Jonna share. I encourage myself and anyone listening to the cast to keep trying. I think for a lot of people I work with, myself included, um, there may be a sense of, yeah, I tried meditation once. It didn't really work. And like any other type of ways that we strengthen ourselves, it does take practice. Um, if we're pursuing a healthy weight, if we're training for a marathon, we start small um, and we keep doing a daily practice that strengthens over time. The same is true for so many of the mindfulness techniques. And in terms of how we're learning what is foundational to, to recovery within this intellectual wellness model, we know that hope, compassion, and self-reflection help us direct our attention so we can try new things on our hero's journey. I can say that I understand myself far more as I stretch into intellectual wellness and just simply try to embody a general appreciation of well-being. I find that we have to each take on or model a set of roles to play based upon the things we truly care about so our healthiest self can come out and guide us. Ah, oh, yes. Missy, thank you. Thank you. And Jana and Missy, how exciting it is to be on this hero's journey with you today in this podcast. I thank you both so, so much 
and also thank the listeners, the learners. So intellectual wellness is having this curiosity, finding specific techniques from this place of your own strong desire to learn new things. It's about valuing the many experiences and staying stimulated with the new ideas and sharing of ideas, just the way you heard Jonah and Missy explore. Intellectual wellness is the ability to engage in clear thinking and recall and to remember to think of things that make you feel well and to do them on a regular basis, to begin to express yourself independently, appreciatively, and always to use creativity with intention. So to each of you listeners and learners, think about one new practice that you might decide to engage in to help you link your open mind, your curiosity, and your confidence so that you might pick up a new practice that would help you on your hero's journey. Thanks for joining us. It's been a real pleasure and privilege to work with Jana and Missy. See you on our next adventure. 